Hey, I'm Phil. And I'm Chris. We are two dads who share one simple goal, to be better fathers to our kids. That involves more time together with our families, more books, more movies, more board games, and most importantly, more meals together. And if we're going to spend more meals together, we need to be better cooks. So this is us trying to figure that out. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Hey, Phil. Hey, Chris. Looks like you're camping. You're in the woods. You're in a tent. (laughs) It does kind of look like I'm in a tent. That's because I am in a tent. (laughs) It does look like I'm in the woods. I thought you were at your in-laws. Do your in-laws live in the woods is the next question. Do they only have an outhouse? That would be epic. My (laughs) father-in-law definitely listens to this show. This is is probably going to entertain him if if and when he does listen to this episode. But yeah, my my in-laws, I'm staying at my in-laws in Colorado Springs, and they have this playroom in their basement that my father-in-law built for, for the kids. And... It's totally mm-hmm. got this like mountainy Colorado camping feel to it. So there's these aspen trees all around, as you can see. Love a good fat aspen. Yeah. And he kind of draped all this fabric around to make it look like a tent, like this, you know, this canvas. As it were, Chris makes for because of the fabric, it makes for a really decent recording studio. So I'm I'm in the tent. I'm in the tent. I think you should fly him out to South Carolina and have him build you an indoor tent in your house. So I don't have to record in the nugget anymore? It seems like it might be a little less set up. Well, yeah, and probably a little less cramped. That nugget, man, that thing is... You look comfortable it today, It works, Phil. but yeah, I'm definitely more comfortable right now than literally any other episode we've recorded. Do you remember in our in our previous podcast that wasn't, I would record in our pantry? I do. I do remember that. The pantry with the furniture pads. Okay. That was a good look. I'm going to have to find an old picture of me recording in the pantry. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> There's like expired pasta in the background, but... Yeah. It, you know, it, it was just getting you in the mood, Phil. It got me in the mood, yeah. You know, it wasn't even a food podcast then. Well, we should have uh, we should have done a pasta dish today for in the kitchen. We had originally planned on a pasta dish, actually. Oh, that's right. But it didn't work. But I think this is this is better because I think our dish today plays off the fact that a lot of us might have some leftover mashed potatoes from Thanksgiving. Because, Phil, today we're making a shepherd's pie. And I love shepherd's pie. It's so good. And Chris... You're a flipping genius to be able to come up with such a great recipe based on some leftovers. And honestly, it, it plays off so nicely with what even the last episode was, you know, that that released on Thanksgiving Day, kind of the idea of like repurposing leftovers. So this is almost like repurposing leftovers 2.0 for an In the Kitchen episode. Okay, I have a question. If the shepherd's yes, pie is a repurposed mashed potato from Thanksgiving, and then you have some of that leftover and you have it the next morning for breakfast with an egg on top, because that's what all the cool kids do. Can you repurpose a repurposed leftover? First of all, don't see why not. Secondly, I'm not convinced that an egg on a shepherd's pie would be good. <laughs> I know, it'd be terrible. <laughs> it'd be so weird. Maybe, I don't know. We might just have to try it and find out. I can't say that I ever tried it, so I honestly don't know, Phil. You should serve it to Molly and tell her it's like, you know, some delicacy somewhere. Well, if it's going to be leftover mashed potatoes, leftover, I don't know if you can wait more than one day. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yes, shepherd's pie with the leftover mashed potatoes. I'm excited. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. And let's get into it. I All guess. right, let's do it. Oh, get, 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 get down. 
Hey, it's good to see you. It feels kind of weird recording in the same time zone. It is a little strange. We finally get to do an episode in the same city, and yet we're still not together. Still over video chat. It's fine. At least we've we've gotten that format down, so it's not a big deal, yeah. right? It almost seems like the technical side of things, may, like recording together in the same room might add just like a whole new set of challenges. It does. And, you know, actually we have done that a couple of times. We just haven't released those episodes. And yeah, there are there are some different challenges. You know, we, we have one episode in our back pocket that uh, might air one of these days. But yeah, you get some you get some funky things that you have to fight with. I'm kind of excited about that episode that you're teasing to maybe air on like our one year anniversary. Yeah, well, we can see how far we've come at that point, I guess. So, right, the shepherd's pie. The shepherd's pie. Yeah, looking into shepherd's pie a little bit, there's some consistent ingredients, but there's an element of kind of throwing what you have. So I think I'm definitely doing that a little bit today. We had some ground beef and then leftover mashed potatoes made sense to use on this dish. So I think one of the recipes that we found calls for a couple things that I didn't have. So we're just going to skip it or substitute it. We didn't have any lentils and don't have any fennel. Actually, we don't have any Worcestershire sauce either. So we're going to sub fish sauce for that, which apparently like is a, a pretty common substitution. You know, both got that really savory, savory taste. Now, shepherd's pie for me, I think was like mashed potatoes, corn and ketchup. I mean, am I like way wrong on that? Ground beef I honestly, it's ketchup. been kind of a while since I've had it, but I just feel really? like in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just one of those weird ticks growing up that my parents like to do for me. I don't know. So this recipe does have tomato paste, and a lot of them that I've seen have a tomato paste. It does have like some type of vegetable base. The the recipe that I'm using today does not have corn. I think it, again, is one of those things. If you have it, you can throw it in. What would be like the number one common denominator in shepherd's pie? Peas and carrots, probably. Peas in terms and carrots, in terms of really? vegetables, yeah. You know, this this recipe called for peas, carrots, onions, lentils, fennel, and I had some celery, so I'm throwing that in as well. But again, skipping the lentils and the fennel because we don't have those. You could put in some mushrooms as well. Get a little earthy, savory thing going on. But yeah, there is like a an element of tomato base to that beef gravy that is creating the sauce over the, the ground beef. Mashed potatoes on the top of that. And then I actually have a, a Dubliner that I'm going to put on the top of all of that. Get a little cheesy thing going Perfect. on. So. Oh, that's like my favorite cheese, especially for a charcuterie. I do remember that, Phil. I do. I'm just going to start out by cooking the beef. And it is ground beef, right? Yes, yeah. So we're using ground beef, which I don't know if that's actually technically shepherd's pie. Over in uh, not America, I want to say shepherd's pie is, is more lamb, where I think, really? I think beef is technically a cottage pie. I see you using your Dutch oven. Looks just so cool. And I don't know if my wife's ever going to listen to this, but I'm getting her a Dutch oven for Christmas. I can't quite tell. What color is yours? Ours is blue. We've got a blue five and a half quart oval Dutch oven, and we definitely love it. I don't know if there's much that you can't use it for. The high sides are what I love about it. So something like this, where you've got beef kind of sizzling or any type of meat that's that's like possibly splattering, the high sides tend to work really well to contain that splatter. Is there a specific brand that I should keep an eye on? I mean, like the Le Creuset's, like kind of like the most famous, right? Yeah. So we. 
we do have a Le Creuset, and there are a couple other brands. What is it? Staub. It's kind of another big one. I think even like Lodge, you know, your good old cast iron, they have like sure. a, a great little cast iron bunch on them. I, I do think the Le Creuset is the iconic French cast iron, like enameled cast iron pot. And it's one of those things we that would, would last your life, son. Okay, good. Very excited. This is kind of like the year of the kitchen for us in terms of Christmas. Yeah. Like last year we focused on our living room. This year is going to be our kitchen. We're not huge into gifts. Like we've not really ever had a Christmas where we just have tons and tons of gifts under the tree in part because our tree is really small. We're more of like the Charlie Brown. So yeah, as terrible as it sounds, I don't even know if we'll really have presents for each other under the tree. We'll have them for the kids, but for us, I think it might just be, you know, buying the gifts and be like, here you go, got this for you. Well, then you can use it to cook Christmas Eve dinner. Yeah, we actually just went out and cut down a tree yesterday. So that is now up and halfway decorated, but it was fun. Going out with Elijah and uh, Oliver, his first time, Oliver's first time in the mountains. It was nice, Great. nice little family outing. It was fun. Do you guys get some pictures of that? Uh, actually, I think we do have one or two. I took a camera and then forgot it in the car. So pulled out my phone for a second. But, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that we've always talked about doing like right after Thanksgiving, but usually gets somehow pushed off till a couple weeks later and then we only have a tree for a few weeks so it was nice to nice to get out early this year it was like nobody up there okay so that ground beef is just about done i'm actually going to pull it out of the, the dutch oven now and then we can get some of those vegetables cooking do you typically cook your meat first and have a little bit of a reserve of the fat to cook your vegetables. Is that pretty common for you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's definitely what I was going for on this one. There's a good bit of a good bit of fat left over, so I figured it'd be great to use that instead of adding more. Although we do know that butter makes everything better, Phil. Well, sometimes I've noticed that you know if I cook my onions or celery or carrots or whatever, if I cook that first with a fat like an olive oil or a butter, and then I cook the meat. I've noticed that when it all comes together, it does seem to be a little bit oily, yeah. a little bit greasy. Yeah. So I wonder if you might be onto something, you know, some sort of advantage cooking the meat first and then just using that fat from the meat to cook the vegetables without, you know, like we say, add anything. Yeah. I don't know. I think it, I think it works well. You can use what you already have. So how was your guys' Thanksgiving? Oh, Thanksgiving was pretty good. So obviously, as you know, we are out here in Colorado. Got to hang with Ashley's parents and her brother was here. Also my grandmother. Really? So it was it was quiet, you know, wasn't the 10, 12, 15, 20 people that Thanksgivings often are. Yeah. For obvious reasons. One of those years. But it was pretty mellow, yeah. And, you know, we, we had a really good time. And for what it's worth, it was also my grandmother's birthday so oh, really we uh yeah so it turned out to be a, a birthday celebration all the way around yeah it was really really cool so chris what vegetables are you cooking did you say okay so right now i just have a mixture of celery onions and carrots sauteing more or less i have heard that there's a french term for those three sauteed together and it's from what i understand called mirepoix does that sound right to you? Yes, te technically, technically, I think it is a mirepoix. It's kind of like flavor base of celery, onions, and carrots. But yeah, it's used in a lot of things. Kind of like a lot of soups and yeah, there are definitely quite a few soups. That a lot of shepherd's pie. Yeah. <laughs> 
but also a lot of sauces and a lot of other other dishes as well are going to use use it as, as a base and i can't necessarily think of a bunch off the top of my head but yeah it's it's kind of kind of like kind of like a roux or a, a, a bechamel like one of those building blocks that you can then use in a lot of different circumstances or situations i've tried a couple different versions of coca va both called for a mirepoix and then i also made a bouffe bourguignon and that also called for mirepoix so it must be a french thing which makes sense because it's, it's definitely, kind of definitely a french thing but i think a lot of different types of cooking have their own version i know that, like there's an italian version and i want to say they have oregano in theirs it's it's definitely something that's this common flavor base that just uses all of these aromatics sauteed together okay yeah now i think these vegetables are just about done i'm going to throw in some thyme and that tomato paste maybe is often subbed for uh, some ketchup, Phil. Okay, did you say you're chopping up the thyme or you're just throwing in some thyme? Honestly, I just threw in thyme. I pulled it off the stems, but it's not necessarily chopped. Well, I had a reason for asking and, you know, sometimes the recipe calls for a chopped thyme and I have always pulled the leaves off the stem. You know, those little itty bitty leaves that, like, would you ever chop up the stem with it? Um, I think it depends on the the stem itself, honestly. Um, you know, this this time that we're using right now, we just got from the grocery store. And so the stem is like really woody. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like we've, in the past, I think we've talked about the CSA that we get in the summer. And the time, the fresh time that we get from that, the, the stems are so soft that you can just cut that up in it like really easily. And so, yeah, I think it depends on the, the time itself. Okay, so the thyme and the tomato paste in that's cooking. Just throwing a little bit of flour in. That's gonna help thicken that sauce. Making a slurry, Chris? No, just throwing flour straight into the vegetables. Just throwing it in. Yeah, why not? And then we're gonna use a little bit of wine on this recipe. We just kind of have like a French, a French red blend, and this seriously smells amazing. That like every step, it smelled so good, and just gets more like interesting and complex as you go. So now we have this mixture of vegetables and all that good stuff. We're gonna stir that pre-cooked meat back in. Seriously, this looks so good. Okay, so we got the meat back in, and this is kind of that point where you add some of the other vegetables that don't need a lot of cooking. So in the recipe, the lentils. And since I don't have those, I'm just adding my peas. And I think I'm gonna add my fish sauce at this point as well, and give it a little bit, and then add the broth. So just call for like a beef broth for the sauce. And Chris, for this, would a beef stock be acceptable? I know sometimes they're interchangeable and sometimes they're not. Yeah. So stock is made from bones while broth is made mostly from meat or vegetables. Well, yeah, Phil, I guess that it makes sense that a, a stock would, would thicken it up more kind of with the, some of that gelatin from the bones being added. I wonder if like a broth imparts more flavor then since it's more yeah, very well like could, meat yeah. based. Yeah. This is going to need to simmer for a while now. So it's very soupy at this point. Let that puppy reduce. Yep. Cool. Well, Chris, your beef broth yes. and everything else in that Dutch oven smells so good. It smells so good. It that smells you can so good. Smell it uh, 15 miles yeah. away. It actually, you know what it smells like, Chris? It smells like this green tea that I'm sipping. It smells amazing, then, right? It's got a, it's got a little bit of honey and lemon in it. Packed full of caffeine. It's probably gonna keep me up tonight, but I will forever think of 
shepherd's pie as green tea now. Okay, so we just let that simmer for a good 15 to 20 minutes. It's thickened up really well. Next, we are just going to put that in a casserole dish and top it with those leftover mashed potatoes. And I've got a little double inner cheese I'm going to throw on the top of that. And that's going in the oven at 400 degrees. We'll just let that uh, kind of brown up nicely. So sometimes, you know, the broiler that we talked about before might help that For sure. help that process a little bit. So I absolutely love shepherd's pie, honestly. It's definitely one of my favorite winter dishes. It's just like pure comfort food for me. I know for Molly, like soup is this comforting thing. And for me during like the winter, it's it's very much like heartier things like a shepherd's pie. So the next time Molly needs to be comforted, you should pour her a bowl of Lucky Charms or something like that. <laughs> because cereal is soup. <laughs> yes. Oh man. There's a, there's a podcast that I like. It's super popular and famous. So I'm sure everybody listening to this has probably already listened to it, but it's called a hot dog is a sandwich. And they kind of tackle all the food debates like is cereal soup and obviously is a hot dog a sandwich. So it's pretty fun. I'm sure there's some good arguments on both sides there, Phil. What side do you follow I think on? there's one is a Kit Kat technically lasagna. Oh, layers. It's got layers. Let's see. What was another one? That one seems a little bit more far-fetched than a hot dog being Is a sandwich. Pop-Tart technically ravioli? I mean, does ravioli need... I guess maybe, maybe on both of those, it's like a pasta dough thing, like... You're stepping away from the pasta right, dough. Right. Like you, you still have like a wheat-based dough. I don't know. I don't know about the Kit Kat, but the Pop Tart. Well, actually, the Pop Tarts—they're both probably just entirely made of chemicals. So who knows? Well, it's really fun. You know, these these questions seem absurd, but like they're the arguments either for or against are so well thought through and communicated that it's almost like yeah, you you can you can agree that a Pop Tart is <laughs> ravioli. You know, it's a great podcast. It's called A Hot Dog Is a Sandwich. I I love it, and the hosts are super fun the kind of the way they banter back and forth it's it's pretty cool so yeah next week when uh you see them on the top of the the itunes charts or apple podcast charts they can thank us yeah they can thank us for sure <laughs> well phil with that the shepherd's pie goes in the oven for a little while browns up and i think we're done can't wait for you to try it and for me to just sit here and watch you eat it i'll, I'll definitely let you know how amazing it tastes and what all you're missing out on cool all right chris we'll enjoy that Hello again. Phil. How are your eggs? We haven't gotten that far yet. So no no eggs on the shepherd pie? Not a thing. I think that's something that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to update on eventually. Uh it, it takes some building up to to achieve that level of of repurposing <laughs> prowess. Sure. I'm not at that level yet, Phil. So I just I just want you to try it. I don't I don't mean try the food. I don't even care about that. I want you to try it on Molly. Just tell her it's a new thing. It's like you read it in some GQ magazine. Yeah. Just make something up. Just see what she says. Or well, I can I can give it a go. I'm not I'm not sure that that's gonna fly very very far. She knows what she likes. So but we'll try it. We'll give it a go. Well she might she might love it. You never know. <laughs> we Maybe both might love it though, dad's kitchen. Because I still haven't tried it, so you never know. That that might just be culinary gold right there. Culinary gold. It's good stuff. I actually had an idea for a spin-off. Yes. So Dad's Kitchen. It's you know. 
Megan's two dads making stuff in the kitchen. Our wives could come up with a spinoff to totally satirize dad's kitchen. And it can be called mom's bathroom. Our wives can just talk about how much our cooking just sucks. Mine's not that bad, Phil. I don't, it's, it's been years since you've had anything that I've made. So I would like to believe that I've, I've come a ways, I think. <sighs> it, it is a little weird, don't you think, that we have this show where we make stuff and we don't even get to try each other's cooking? Yeah, that is true. We might have to figure out a solution to that. The world is flat, Chris. Just fold the map, send it right over. No, Phil, I think that we are going to have to remedy that. And so when are you moving, when are you moving back to Colorado then? Because that's the obvious remedy. Oh, see, I thought you were going to be moving <laughs> to South Carolina. Remember we talked about it? Yeah, you said, hey, Phil, I need some help talking to Molly about how I'm going to tell her we're moving to South Carolina. Remember that? You don't remember that? Or maybe we could all just move to Maine. Ooh, Portland? Or Oregon. We can move to the other Portland, the West Coast Portland. What if, what if there's just some big mix up and you guys end up in Portland, Oregon, and we end up in Portland, Maine? <laughs> Somehow it would, it would work out that way. I love both Portlands, though. I really do. Yeah. Oh, me too. My dad did a triathlon in Portland, Maine. I think he wants to move there. Okay, so this is totally random, Phil. Yeah. I just saw this service this week, and we're very, very much not sponsored by anybody, let alone them. But it's called Gold Belly, and mm. you can order different different dishes from some of the top restaurants around the U.S., and I, I noticed it because I think Momofuku, David Chang's restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know he was going to be on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I saw that. But he was talking about it. And you can order dishes from some of the top restaurants in the U.S. And uh, the only thing that reminded me of it was there's this place in Portland, Maine that Molly and I went to and had oysters. And it was amazing. It was called Eventide. And you can get fresh lobster rolls overnighted from Eventide in Portland, Maine. Gold belly, huh? Gold belly. As far as I've heard of that, that sounds great. Yeah. No, it's really cool. You can you can get everything from entrees to appetizers to desserts. It looks it looks like a really cool special event type order, especially in this day of COVID where it's you know, you can't really go out and celebrate special events in the the same way that yeah. you used to be able to. So being able to, you know, order from one of your favorite restaurants in like New York or something and they can ship you like a six to eight person meal or an eight to ten person meal. There's something that reinvigorates that kind of special occasion factor, even if you're just at home. Well, don't be surprised if you get a knock on the door and it's Gold Billy with some Lewis barbecue straight from <sighs> South Kakalaki. Uh you you haven't watched somebody feed Phil yet, have you? I still haven't. No, I keep okay. he's so, popping up in my suggested list. Yeah. The the latest season we were just watching uh San Francisco, I think. And he is wearing a Lewis barbecue t-shirt. You're kidding. Oh, cool. That's no, great. No, it was great. We instantly thought of you guys. So I was like, Molly, wait, what? His shirt. That looks that's the place we went to with Phil and Ashley, right? That's so cool. So yeah, we, we had a moment. Anyway, the shepherd's pie was amazing. Since oh, we yeah, haven't even that. talked about it, I forgot about it too. Anyway, it's it's a great, great recipe. Try it out. Repurpose those mashed potatoes and get cozy in this late fall, winter season. And the recipe for this lovely shepherd's pie uh, is from Food 52, correct? Yeah, that's, that's one of the ones that we went with. There are so cool. many out there. And, you know, it's one of those things, again, that it's 
kind of what, what, what do you have? What, what can you just toss in there? So if you don't have fennel or lentils, that's fine. You know, skip those. Put something else in. You can, you can put corn in if you want. Be brave. Look and see what leftovers you have. If you don't have fennel... Just put in some black licorice. But yes, <laughs> yes. This, this recipe is from Food 52, and we'll have a link on our show notes, which you can find at our website at dadskitchenco.com. Or you can just click one of those links in your favorite podcasting app. A lot of times the, the show notes are listed there. Or if you're really, really curious, you can just find us on Instagram at dadskitchenco. Reach out to us, and we'll send you that recipe. There you go. Yep, there we go. Awesome, Phil. Thanks. Uh, fun as always. And uh, I guess we'll talk in a couple days. Cool. See you in Portland. Oh, 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 o